3: Hey there Knicks fans Right? Hey there Knicks fans Hey there Knicks fans (laughs) Hey there Knicks fans (laughs) How you doing? It's your it's your boy who's a little kooky right now. Jonathan Macker with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, you knew it was coming. Couldn't let the preseason go by without everybody's favorite uh pastime women, children, elderly people, everybody loves it. It's a KFS mailbag. Um, and of course, if it is a kfs mailbag, you know. What time it is? Whose time it is? He needs entrance music at this point. He's become probably too famous for entrance music. I don't. I don't know. Chris Pine song B, and don't name some rapper who I've never heard of and will never listen to. Give me a song that I actually know. Oh, um, public service announcement by Jay Z. You know, I have a lot more respect for you now than I did five seconds ago. That's awesome. That's I very. Feel like that's a good. <laughs> So Andrew, like you should unmute one. yourself for the clapping. Um, <laughs>
4: job, job well done. Really well done. Well done. Two millennials just very much appreciated that.
3: <laughs> I I want to say something right now, and it was,
1: I think I think nobody is too famous for intro music is the way to go about it. I and I think I, I think conversely, nobody is not famous enough for intro
3: music. Uh, yeah, think just, no, so I think the everyone the deserves stories, intro. Everybody music. should have intro music. Um, I was we I went for a run uh this week and i put on predictably like uh whatever it was like late 90s early 2000s hip-hop and uh something else or maybe mid 2000s i forget when that when that dropped but something else from that album came on and i'm like man this was a this was a banger and then i was starting to think about like if i ever have a 40th birthday party and like a lot of people are there and i got intro music for my 40th birthday party i would want public service announcement does that make me less cool cool, more cool no
1: that's i think i think the fact that i mean from your perspective i think the fact that we came up with the same song would make you cool i feel like i feel like that
3: (laughs) well because if if it did (laughs) well yeah how could it make you cool it may not be cool but for you it's like an appreciation of older times um but then again you're the one who drafted like a whole bunch of old farts in our 2010 draft so um Mm -hmm. That's, that's a valued, I valued championships and I okay. got a whole lot of them. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, all right. So, uh, as we sit here and, and record this, it is, uh, it's Thursday at about seven 15. Um, I don't know, maybe we're going to miss out on some, some kooky, uh, IG live stuff from who knows who tonight. Um, yeah, look enough banter. You want to just get to the questions? I, I feel like we have a lot of good ones from, from the very brief glancing that I did on Twitter today. But as always, um I did not read the questions ahead of time. I, I may've I may have perused very briefly, but uh these will be fresh off the dome as 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 always. Well the other thing is that you you may have perused the selection of the like the, the the
1: pool of questions, but you haven't perused the specific no. uh choices. So no. you know for the listeners there's a fair amount of um Lack of perusal here, uh, and
3: the, and the time that I that I would have dedicated to thinking about answers to these questions was spent taking a twenty minute nap before this podcast because huge. again I'm an old man. No, I'm in the I'm I'm taking
1: naps, man. I said, uh, beautiful thing. It's midterm season. Let, let's get started though. We have SSB guy with our first question. And I'm glad that you said you think we have enough tape because I'm about to ask you about literally every single player that plays for this team. Jesus, Assuming everyone is healthy and including the backups, how would you rank our position groups from best to worst?
3: That's a great question. That's really good. Um, So am I, well, I don't know. Either of you can, Tell me how to go about this. Am I doing point guard, shooting guard, small? F- yeah, okay. Not. I would not... think guards wings bigs. I would, well, that's the, so. That's the that's the question. Ball, ball handle well. It's ball handlers wings bigs. You know what? I'll do. I'm. A, I think it'll be a better, a more fun answer if I do the all five positions. Um, you know, and like I don't want to get into like where, where do you put Julius Randall? Is he a wing or? Um, big a guard, which I have a feeling as one of the questions I did have. Oh, I to today. Oh, wait, what did I say? This guy winger said or big? Guard. winger, a, or big yeah, winger, yeah, or big yeah, yeah, winger, That's what I meant. <laughs> um, okay, enough, enough filibustering. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, whew. I think I have to put point guard number one. I think I have to put point guard number one because of Kevin Derek Rose and. Even if I don't, I'm I'm considering like half of Emmanuel quickly for this category. I was gonna
1: say I think it's Deuce here, based on. I, what I'm considering
3: it is. Kemba Rose, half of Emmanuel quickly, and all of Deuce. That's my point group, okay. and then. Um, and the only other the only other strong consideration that I would give ahead of point guards would be power forward, and that is not because, um, as Andrew will certainly quip about, uh, I think Julie, uh, Obi Toppin is going to like make the you know the all all NBA team this year. Um, I just think Julius Randall is is that good, but I actually this is kind of this is kind of a knock on my opinion of Obi that I'm putting power forwards after point guards because I, th- it is. I think yeah. I think Derek Rose is like that like I think Julius Randle's better than Kevin Walker, but I think Derek Rose is like that much better than Obi Top. And I just because Derek Rose is freaking awesome. So point guards one, power forwards two. Ooh, from there, it gets a little it gets interesting. Um uh, what is RJ technically for us? Is he small small forward? Small forward? Okay, sure. He grew
1: a little. He's like
3: six seven, six seven and a half. He's a small forward. Great. Um So then I will go small forward next, just because I don't need, don't need the pitchforks and torches on my lawn today, sir. Uh, so small forward, third, uh, shoo. Hmm. So now I'm down to the Mitch, the Mitch hive is about to, everybody has a fucking hive. Can we get one guy on the damn team that doesn't have a hive? That is just like, you know what, whatever you think about him, I don't care. Um, I've been really impressed with Fournier uh, Thus far I I was looking at his I was keying on his defense actually Today for for Friday's newsletter Um, He hasn't hit anything but uh, So basically him and Quickly and Grimes I guess I'll consider Like half of Grimes as a shooting guard Um, I'll go centers I'll go centers You know why partially because of Mitch But mostly because of Taj Gibson So and then I put shooting guard last Mitch Maryland's Taj Is pretty dandy but we'll, we'll Save that for later Taj's, uh what a gym.
1: You, you can't you can't not love him, you know. I read the newsletter this morning. I just I was happy you got to um show him a little love in, in there. He just he deserves it all. That's I'll like save jersey, more Taj thoughts for, for later. Yeah, that's the jersey that's like the diehard must-have, the new diehard must-have, in my opinion. I'm gonna, like, i think, you know what it is.
3: I haven't bought it, I told you I haven't bought a jersey in probably 20 some odd years. When they, if I could get the, the, whatever the 75th anniversary edition is the the jerseys that they wore, you know, in the forties, I want to get that Taj Jersey. It's gonna be hot. Clean, 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 observe and study after
1: a promising display during the preseason. What is this team's number one concern? Going into the regular season, I threw this at the beginning so that we can kind of build up from from upsetting talk, you know. Yeah,
3: well, but no, I think I, it's
1: a good question. So,
3: I, I I think somebody asked me this on the post game the other day, and I struggled because the first thing that I thought of was just injuries. But outside of injuries, I think the answer that I came up with, um, and it's really the only the only thing that I could come up with in the moment. um, Although I'll give you one more now. Um, I think it, it, concern is like uh, it's, uh, probably too strong of a word, but I think in terms of if we are sitting here and being like, Hey, this is a top four seed in the East again, what will prevent us from being a top four seed in the East again? I think if you're looking at a team that's going to be in a top four, a top four team in the East this year, you're looking at a team that's probably going to have a top eight net rating. Cause I think the East is, it's pretty good. If you could argue that the, the East is better than the West, or at least the top is. So, top seven, top eight net rating, even if they are number three or four in defense again, which is not a given because that's, you know, it's hard to control that stat year after year, um, unless you have Rudy Gobert in the regular season. Um, so, long winded way of saying, in order to get to that level, the Knicks are going to need to get to like 10th, 11th. Probably not much lower than that in offense. And I think it's really hard to make a jump of like 13, 14 spots in offensive rating, which the, again, that's what we're talking about here because they were 24th last year without getting an elite shot creator in the offseason. I've, look, I've, I've sung Kemba's praises. I love Kemba Walker. I love, I love the Fournier signing. RJ will be better. Uh, Obi will be better. I think Julius will be better. All these guys will be better. But that's a big jump. It's a really, it's a really big jump. And so that would be my, my concern there. And then the only other thing is, um, I don't want to say there's too many mouths to feed, but like. No, I, I get have, where you're going. Now someone's going to have to sacrifice a little bit in that starting lineup. Um, thus far, it's, it's kind of been Fournier. I, I think. Um you know, there's been a few instances where he's open in the corner, I've noticed, and the ball doesn't get it, get his way. Not necessarily that it's the wrong play always, um, you know, but hes I would guess he's probably going to be fourth in, in shot attempts in the starting lineup. Like, is he going to be cool with that? He was a guy that shot probably as much as Vucevic in some of those Orlando years. I would need to look it up, but it seems like he shot a lot when he was down there. Um, but then again, he seems like he's on board and, you know, he got his money. Um, so, yeah, but I, I don't really have a lot of concerns. Well, he and Kemba said they
1: know their job here is to space the floor for RJ and Julius. So, you know, whether that's um, clarity between them and the coaching staff in the front office in regards to why they were brought in or whatever it is like Fournier and the diversity in his shot profile that you get, especially in comparison to Bullock, is just huge for for Barry and Randall. 100%. I had the same thought. What about um mouths to feed. You know, I was at the first game and I was there last night. And what I noticed was we know last year it was kind of like feed Julius and that snowball gets rolling and mm. we've got a game this year. It's like, we genuinely have a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket. And in the don't starting think Julius lineup, I going to mind that though. No, but I'm saying what it looks like in the start, like Julius got his first touch, like his first, like ISO touch, like six minutes in it or something. It was like um, it's I don't know about guys getting hot early, you know, like I think we're going to see that love get spread around a little more. which is not a bad thing. But, you know, then I think you might not get those those real like he's burning us tonight games.
3: Well, I I think we're going to see what we saw in the third quarter um, against uh, against Detroit, which is like Julius will be more of in the flow of the offense, as opposed to the offense for most of games. And then there will be times where Julius is like, all right, I, uh, I got this, which is like, that's kind that's honestly the, that's your, that's where you want to be with your star player. And he is a, he is a star player. So I think it's a good, a good place to be.
1: We are taking a trip, not back in time, but just, uh, just out in time a little, just a little zoomed out. I need you to get the memory going here. Mike Perry wants to know who the best dunker in Knicks history was. And I threw it at the front because we have a lot of different fun questions. <sighs> and uh, I wanted to get you thinking early.
3: So I, Andrew has his answer. Andrew, give it, give me an answer because I I had a few names. That I know who he's thinking head. too. I think well, the guy that won three dunk contests. That was, okay, so the two names, <laughs> I my mind immediately went to the dunk contest, and I went, uh, and I thought of Kenny Skywalker, uh-huh. um, and and Nate Robinson. <laughs> All due respect to the dunk contest. Um, spo- well, no, not spoiler alert for for the my Patreon top seventy five. I don't have Vince Carter in the top seventy five. Yeah. Um you know uh, and it's because I don't really get like I'm not considering fucking dunk contest when I think about NBA so like Nate had some dunks game. I mean he dunked over friggin Yao Ming I mean that Mm -hmm. was a thing that happened that said I'm not sure when I think of like the greatest Nick dunkers he is the first one that pops into my head I tell you the guy man when Spreewell threw it down there was a ferocity and an anger to his dunks. That was just, it was, it was really great. But I think, you know who my answer honestly is going to be. I can't believe I'm going to say this fucking guy's name. No way. Uh, oh my God, John, I was waiting for like to come back and say a J.R. was probably- Jr. It, it has to be J.R. Smith because Jr. when, when he wanted to, and he unleashed a few, in-game Those bugs. oops. Mm-hmm. There were... Uh, he had some moments, and they were like... There were there were not many humans alive that could do the shit that J.R. Smith could mm-hmm. do. So I guess my answer is actually going to be J.R. Smith. That's not um, a, shout a bad out, pick. Not shout a bad out, pick and and shout-out to John Starks. Did compete in a dunk contest. Again, I don't think of John Starks as a dunker. And then the only other thing I want to say is um, Larry Johnson had obviously... Was not the healthy version of himself when he came here. But if you're asking me who... I I would have to cuz there may have been some other old guys that came to the Knicks past their prime but like if you're asking me like who do I like that spent a significant that had a meaningful portion of their career in New York right, right. also had a, a meaningful portion of their career as a dunker elsewhere I would LJ would come to mind
4: I kid you not when you were going through the Skywalkers and the the Spreewells I was like JR is the one person in game that I think of the Baha- like,
1: like the, the backwards double clutch alley you the,
4: the reverse from Prigioni, right? Well, he has one of the playoffs against the Heat and then the one we're thinking of, I think, is against the Spurs. And then but,
3: I was yeah. at the game. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the it was Jr's return game. Jr and Iman Shumper's, I should say, return game after they were sent to Cleveland. But it was one of the first. It was either the first game or the first one of the first. And I went. It was the first game I ever took Dolores to. Um, and uh, Jr. Unleashed an alley oop from LeBron in that game. And I'm, I'll, I don't remember the final score, but it was it was not not pretty.
4: I'm just gonna, Smith
3: making family memories.
4: I'm just gonna give everybody some homework. Go to YouTube. Type in Jr. Smith Gary Neal. And Jr. literally takes off from the foul line and dunks over him in game. And Kevin Harlan meets the moment with the "We just saw a man fly," and it was it was so good. (laughs) It's good. It's my my best Kevin. Fabulous. That was great. That was good. Thank you. Uh, What's up next? It's
1: it's a tough impression to do. Next up from Ethan, we have, and I think I know where John's gonna lean, but I I like where the thought process here is. Gonna take him, so I'm making him answer it anyway. Uh, more likely to happen: Randall makes the All NBA team again, or a non-Randall Nick will be an All Star next year.
3: Um, I'm 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 gonna go with, with Randall makes the All NBA team again. For, as someone who wrote in as one of his preseason predictions that I did not think he would make the All NBA team again, not because I think he'll be bad. I just think it things are some other players will. You know the media will will be like, all right, we took care of Julius last year. Um, that said, I think he has a real shot, and and I have to say, my opinion may have changed a little bit since I wrote that because um, news today, uh, Mister Mister Williamson, apparently uh, not not feeling too great down in in New Orleans, or at least they don't <laughs> they don't want to put him on the court. One or the other, I don't know. I don't really care. Um, that's unfortunate for him. Um, But there's still a lot of competition for that spot. Um, But I would say Julius and then because here's the thing. I, I think this is the year that maybe RJ gets. A, there's a lot of conversation like, oh, should we be talking about RJ Barrett for an all-star spot? And then he doesn't actually get the spot. It's just like it's, you know, it's an honor to be yeah. nominated type of deal. I've
1: been saying since well before preseason after the offseason that like. RJ Barry is going to get painted as a disappointment this year, like by the, the national oh, media, like you not, think so? That, that, I don't, I don't see, even I don't think they're going to like, I don't think it's disrespect like normal. I think what they're going to do is the bait and switch and say, you yelled at us all summer for, for underrating this guy. And now he wasn't even an all-star and they're going to pull that bar all the way That's, up. And when he, I, and when he doesn't hit it, it's going to be like, up, oh,
3: failing again. So no, I, I'm I'm ready for it. I could only see that if um I swear I would have used this term even if had the last week not taken place. If the if the Knicks season went such that RJ was a better player but sacrificed his own numbers for the good of the team, I could see casuals um I swear I was going to say it anyway. I could see casuals being like, see, RJ sucks. He only averaged 13 points a game this year, right? Um, right. That said, that said, I do not think that's going to happen. I think RJ is going to be second in the team in, in shot attempts. He's going to um, average more points this year than last year. I just don't think it'll be more than like two points more. I, th- Gun to my head, I think he'll average more points this year than he, than he did last year. He was at 17.6 or 8. Seven, 17.8. 17. I think he gets that up to like 19.6. Cool. 19.7. <laughs> You- guys, 20 points, 20 points a game is a lot. It's not, it's not easy to score 20 points a game as a 21 year old in the NBA. Six rebounds, three and a half assists, something like that. I, know, that's, you I know. know you've, you've been calling this for a while. Well, well, we'll see what happens. Um, good question. All right, next up. These are all good questions so far, by the way. Better question on the way for
1: you because you get to wax poetic about 67. Jake Ross with Todd Gibson turning back the hands of time. What does our center rotation look like?
3: Who finishes games? (sighs) I look. I there's there's this is this is not a this is an impossible question because Mitchell Robinson had such an odd year last year in that there was this like faux. Center comp starting center competition in preseason. That kind of I don't think it was a real competition. It was just like we're going to say there's a competition, and then it's like oh yeah, Mitch is the starting center because he's Mitchell fucking Robinson, and then he got hurt, and then he came back, and Noel was already start was starting and had done pretty well, and then Mitch came and had probably the best game of his career, and then he got hurt a couple of days later. I I struggle to fathom a world where if Mitchell Robinson is healthy. I'm not saying he's closing every game, but if you're asking me who's closing, like if you give me 10 games in a week and you're asking me all the centers are healthy, who's closing the most of the 10 games. I think Mitchell Robinson closes the most of the 10 games. That said, I, I, there are, I could see myself predicting that there will be four different centers to close games within the span of 10 with like, give me Mitch for like five or six give me Noel for one or two, give me Taj for one or two and give me Julius Randall for one. I think it was meaningful that we saw Julius play alongside Amir Sims the other night. Um, I know Tibbs did the same thing last year. He played Obi and, and Randall. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he, he played them not insignificant time together last, last preseason. And then we proceeded to see it for 30 minutes, all of last year um, until the playoffs when he got desperate. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I have, a. Um, I think Obi's shown a little bit of, of rim protections this, uh, this, this preseason. We'll see if it carries over. Um, and I, I, my hope that I have zero conviction in, in thinking it will actually come true is that Tibbs knows if you want to win in the playoffs now, you have to be able to throw different looks at opposing teams and every team that succeeded with any modicum of of anything in the playoffs last year did so because they had different looks that they could go to. And the Knicks had one look partially because they didn't have the personnel to throw multiple looks at teams. Now they do. Fourth lowest payroll. You know, that's something
1: I said all year. I was not going to hold against them. And you're not wrong. And that's something I said all year that they needed to address in the offseason. And they did. And they did very well to look on like at a, or what I think will be a success story in regards to what you just said, I think the golden state warriors are a great team to bring up. Um, Otto Porter jr. Like now that, you know, year two Wiseman, they have a lot of different lineups that they can throw at teams. Of course, when you have Mr. Wardell jr, you know, it doesn't hurt, but I think that, um, I think their off season moves were, were good. Like Moody Kuminga, Villalitza, Otto Porter Jr. Like that's a weird group of names, but when you're talking about adding them to Draymond Clay style, like I like the versatility there. And I think in regards to the center rotation, if Taj can come in and give you seven, eight minutes standing in the corner, teams actually have to pay attention to him. That's something I think uh, that's like some extra versatility.
3: I think the, I think the shooting part of it is, is, is good. But like the thing that is like Noel sometimes just isn't, I'm just going to sound like I'm being a dick. He's just out there, dude. <laughs> no, so they're, they're, listen, they're, you're right. There no, I, mean, I don't know how else to say there are games when Nolan and Wells is just kind of a guy out there. And then there are other games where he looks like a man on fire and he really makes a difference and he has it going and he pumps the crowd up with steals or blocks, or whatever. Those are the games that he finishes the games that he just kind of out there. And, and this is why it's a tough question to answer in the, up until the very end last year, Mitch would still have those games where you're just watching it and be like, man, he doesn't have it tonight. Head's not in it, whatever it is, it's just something's not right. And if you combine that with Noel being just a guy, um, then those are the game's taj ends. I just I'd like to think that Mitch year four, do we f- do we finally do away with those games where you're watching and you're like, yeah, something's off with Mitch tonight. He's not really focused, he's not whatever. Like, you want to get paid? Fucking have- Mitch
1: is closing every game that he's
3: playing. If he wants to get paid, he, he should if he wants to get paid, he should he needs to play like a guy who warrants closing every game. That is the yeah. way to say it. So we'll see if he does.
1: Um I think he does. I think as someone who has uh I don't want to say infamously, but like infamously been on a certain side of the Mitch debate. Like I'm very much in on him this year Um, based on on everything, based on everything we heard from the offseason coach KP um, and just, you know, I mean, he went home and was, I I swear to God, that dude was lifting weights every single day. Um,
3: You can't can't fake what. It is very apparent. He he
1: did put on a lot. Of so no, I'm, I'm, I'm with him this year. I think this will be a good year for him. So I, I think he closes games. I have that hope, but you're right about him needing to prove it. I think it a lot of fans, because we know he can be so good, just kind of think he is that good. Now he's like getting yeah, there, it, totally getting there. And I think he will be there this year, but he hasn't and, been there yet, which is something to note.
3: And NBA history is littered with guys who you wonder why they never fully figured it out. And there are different gradients to that. Like Anthony Randolph. I don't know if you know, if you know who that is. I know who uh, that is. Okay. Anthony Randolph is a guy who like never figured it out at all in games that matter. And, but there are other guys who were like, always seem to be like just on the cusp of really figuring it out and never fully could. And I'm not saying Mitch is, is that, or isn't that I just, we, we, we don't know. And there are many examples of guys who who could never do it. So we'll, we'll see. Right, no, but we're, we're, we're the KFS is in on Mish for year four, is I is what I think
1: the consensus seems to be. Giddy up, um, giddy up! We're going to. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize Fuddy <laughs> Fuddy's next. So, okay. <laughs> David Feudernick. Uh, besides the most obvious choices, you know, Clyde, Pat, Mello. Who do
3: you think is the most popular Nick of all time? I noticed this question when I was when I was looking. Um, I did not think of what my answer would be. I, Scott's honor. Um, okay, so the obvious ones that we're we're excluding are Patrick, Clyde, and anybody else. Willis, I he guess. He
1: said uh, Mellow, Clyde, Pat, oh, and Mellow. Mello, okay.
3: He excluded. It's tough. So, so I, I obviously never. Saw this person play live. I'm pretty sure he retired before. He did retire before I was born. Um, my understanding, or my 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 what I've been able to gather from just listening to people talk about those teams, is that Dave DeBusher is probably the correct answer. Um, that said, wow. I never I never saw Dave DeBusher play. Oh yeah, I mean, if you if you just go talk to any person over the age of what would they have to be over 60, I guess, um, about that who watched that Nick team. Um, and they will, they will talk your, ear as you be like, so what, who, who's this Dave Busher guy? And then just be prepared to sit there for 10 minutes to listen to somebody wax poet. <laughs> um, I, I think the modern era answer would have been extremely easy and it would have been Charles Oakley. And now it's not Charles Oakley anymore for, for some, it might be, uh, b- shout out Bernardo Zarowski. Um, but for others, it is not, <laughs> um, I think the, I think the only with all due respect to Latrell Spiewald, who is, who's my, that would be my answer. I think the, the, I think the modern era answer is, is, is John Starks. Um, and I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for someone more niche than that, like people love the X-Men. I mean, Xavier McDaniel was here for one season and people friggin' love that guy. Um, oh man, but Anthony Mason, Oh, Anthony Mason's up there too. This is, this is a really good question. It's really hard. And I don't think like there's like Pablo Prigioni, like people love Pablo Prigioni for what he was, but would, would people love Pablo Prigioni if he wasn't this, like, almost like a, um, oh my God, it's like a, like a party favor. He was here for what, two years? Like if he was here for 10 years, would he have that same kind of kitsch, kitsch, kitsch? To him, um, I don't At know the,
1: the Haslam. I don't even know what other player. Like I think he Haslam just. But he like, well he's in a different category because he's a lifetime. Um, right, that's what know? I'm saying. Like he 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 doesn't have that, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I, so I, it's almost like this answer to properly answer it is, is to have like different categories. Um, and I didn't even mention Jeremy Lin. I mean, like, where do, what do you do with Jeremy Lin? Like that's the that's the other one. I but like. People responded Bernard King. I don't but is he like I mean look everybody loves Bernard King. Um I don't know anybody who doesn't have a, a nice thing to say about Bernard King, but i my just, generation you know
1: what, is super lacking on knowledge of I, him. I, I, to be I, honest. They,
3: they probably are. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna um all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my life much easier than all of this, and I'm just gonna my answer is gonna be Dave the Busher and we're gonna move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I
1: mean, I didn't disagree from the jump. I just, I, I've read some, some stuff about, you know, back then and, and the busher being not the but A guy, you know, Clyde was the, the superstar.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDIC.
1: Tibbs fan club. Trav wants to know. Great name. Two part question. One. Oh, and the get ready for the, get ready for the questions. One realistic goals, timeline and accomplishments within the Tibbs tenure. Um, for, for you, I would say, you know, I don't want, I don't want you sitting here being like in 2026, they'll make it to the second round, A you know, realistic <laughs> conference goals? appearances, goals,
0: goals timeline, timeline, accomplishments, and accomplishments. accomplishments. Just, I, don't
1: know, I think well, timeline covers all three, just, you know, I, what, maybe what you think goes, yeah, down. I don't, I don't know the difference between conference goals appearances. Are. Yeah. things what of the, the difference sort.
3: between goals and accomplishments are, um, Tim's, I, Tim's goal is to win every
1: game in the book. You know, that's, we know that I, number two. I, what accomplishments? Oh, oh no, this is the number two is lofty though. I feel like it, the the answer would you know what accomplishments would it take for Tibbs to go down as the greatest Nick coach?
3: Okay, so let me answer these one at a time. So uh, I'm I Told you two is lofty. I- internal I goals for the organization. I would imagine the 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 organization would like to win a playoff series this year. Um, I know internally they thought at one point last year, their, their goal changed at some point last year to winning a playoff series last year. Um, that I, that I'm confident in, in sitting here and, and saying, but that not that that should surprise anybody. Their goal should have been to win a playoff series last year. Um, I think their goal this year is to win a playoff series um, and that anything else would be gravy. And I think by hook or by crook, I, I would imagine behind the scenes they're they think that they should be contenders by next season. Um meaning twenty twenty two, twenty-three. Um uh how they get there, you know, I don't know. The only other the only other thing I would say and why I why I hesitate to, to even offer that is because I <laughs> I think Leon Rose. And whoever else said it at media day means it when they say we're, we're going to play our cards. Like we're, we're going to play this thing smart. And the reason why I say that is if like, is if, if they really think after this year, they have something really special in RJ Barrett and, or whatever other, another young player or other young players, and they make a judgment call Based on the superstar talent that becomes available, which we know it will, that it is not worth it for us to make X trade at this time, and th- and in their judgment, that may push back the 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 calendar for contention in extra season. I th- I think they would do that at the same time. If they were to do that, then I think internally they would believe, all right, if we're keeping these guys. We still think even if we hold on to the guys that we're keeping because we think they're so damn good, we should still be contenders. Right. So I either I, I think either way you cut it internally, they feel like they should probably be contenders by 22-23. Um, as far as Sibs being the greatest coach in, in um in Nick's history pieces of jewelry. No, I mean look, it's Red has two and a finals appearance in a very different league. Um but those are I mean, those accomplishments were significant. Yeah. (laughs) I, I just, I mean, the question is if Tibbs, because here's the, here's the thing red red also came in when the organization was bad and he was a scout and then he became coach and he turned them around, but he was, he was a contributing factor to getting the talent there. So I think that's why, I mean, that's why red's red's name is up in the rafters because he, he played an integral role in, in multiple ways. Um, so I guess that would be, my way of answering this would be he would need at least two. He would need at least two yeah, titles. I had the
1: same thought, two, you know, and then assuming that includes, you know, other appearances in the playoffs, you know, decent amount of I, wins, all that good stuff. If
3: he if he won two titles, it, I mean, shit. That would be... <laughs>
1: <deep>. <laughs> I was going to say with what you were saying about um, pushing the cards, you know, like, I think they just did that when you were saying like, oh, it's not worth it at this time to deal these players, like, I I want to say Damian Lillard would be wearing orange and blue, like right I now. I don't think that's if, been on the
3: table yet. I mean, I'll look, you, you may know something. I don't. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't, I don't, think think don't know. On I the table.
1: probably don't know something you don't, but I, I just think like they had the pull and offer and nothing but, happened besides.
3: I, I wonder whether I Because I, I don't think the situation in Portland ever got to the point where Dame asked out. I I feel like that would have been reported, but I wonder. Well, it was if, allegedly, but well, I, no, remember, well, all that I, fun stuff. I wonder if the Knicks ever got to a point where they felt if we made the, the push, would that have changed things over there? I don't. I, but no, I don't. They I don't. definitely thought. I mean, they, they think about
1: everything. The front office thing. Of course they, they have do. as, as the Dr. Strange. It's literally their job. Just the Dr. Strange, they- 14 million outcomes, figure out what they want to do. I, that's it. That's what their job
3: good. is. Yeah. Good, good, good reference.
1: Well, I, I use that. I, I, ever since uh, we hired Leon, I've called back to that because like I was like, Let's we go. are so deep in the pit. <laughs> they got to pull us out real swift. Um, we have a question next from frequent asker. Ray Marcano. He I asks, think this is the other one I saw. He asks about Mr. Quickly. Okay. And, oh, no, uh, I didn't see this. Never mind. Ah, Ray, Ray says, Quick seems to be driving to the basket a little more, and instead of floating, going to that little scoop shot. He's guessing this is by design. What's the ceiling on an IQ who can add penetrating consistently to his you know, three and float game that seems to already be there?
3: I mean, if it's, if it's good penetration, he could finish? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yep, my thoughts too. Oof. So it's funny because I, I wrote this the other day that like, I think, you know, we we keep talking about Emmanuel quickly. Is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? And like thinking of him, because ter- I do think if he, I think his ceiling is a, as is the case with almost any NBA player, with a couple of exceptions managed nobly being the, probably the most recent famous one, like any, any NBA player's ceiling is as a starting player. Um, so I don't, I can't imagine Emmanuel quickly ever starting for a contending team at the two guard position. If he's starting for a team, that's really good. He's starting at the point guard position. And we always get to this. Well, that means he needs to be a point guard. Like how is was, you know, but he doesn't really depending on the talent that is surrounding him. If he just needs to be able to do like basic stuff and there's a wing initiator on the team, in addition to Julius Randle to do all that, this is a long winded way of saying that, like, I think as much as the penetration is important, I do still think we need to see a little bit more development in the, in the, the point guardy, Aspects of the game. That said, for as much as the offense looked clunky against the um, Pistons in the most recent preseason game, when, when I was really frustrated
1: at, with, at that yeah, time,
3: man, it, it was frustrating because he and look, he but he didn't run the team well. But but again, I don't know if that's the fairest way to judge. Because on those backup units, he's not with top-end NBA talent. If you put him as a starting... I'm not suggesting the Knicks do this, obviously. But if you put him as a starting point guard around with top-end NBA talent, and he's not really initiating the offense as much, and you have, uh, again, a wing initiator, plus maybe Randall and like whatever, like will that make his job easier? And I've just said all of that. And now I'm thinking to myself, well, is that really the best use of him? Or is the best use of him to be exactly what he is now, which is a six man. Um, and a guy who comes in and he, he messes shit up and he'll finish every other game. And to that end, I think the pen, penetration would go a long way. And what is his ceiling? Um, six man of the year. Like, yeah, sure. Six man of the year. That's that would be what I would put his ceiling on. So yeah. I'd be thrilled with, by the way. Oh, the ceiling. I. I'm going to come out as
1: um, offended by this.
3: I think that's uh, fair. I, look, <laughs> I I love Emmanuel quickly as much as anyone. I promise you that. But like, I ju- it's a it's a it's a unique player type. He's a small guard uh, right. He does not naturally have point guard. I'm not saying he's a point guard. He's not so you, obviously you, a
1: point guard right now. I think he's going to be better than Jordan Clarkson is right now, though. So like the name listen, if he is, then that's Jordan fun. Clarkson's really damn good too. Jordan I'm, I'm not an walking, underrater of, of Jordan Clarkson. But like let's let's look at a name like D'Angelo Russell real quick. That's a guy who I think personally, and for over a year I've said this is best suited as a sixth man. Um that's not because I don't think he can be a starter, it's because of how much he wants the ball. And how effective he is with it, you know, and I think he's best served being the best six man in the league uh, rather than being a really mad starter that could perhaps hinder his fellow starters. Now, I don't think IQ hinders anybody. He's just, he can shoot from 35. That spacing is ridiculous. Um, I think if he has consistent paint pressure, my ceiling would be more like if uh, he, dude, he has a six, nine wingspan. Like if CJ McCollum and like Frank Aquina had a child, I don't know, man. Like, well, that's, that's a player. If he can put consistent C- pressure on the rim, man.
3: CJ McCollum is the best floater in the league. Aside from like, I don't know. Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, L- 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 no, There,
1: there L- are L- several, like, I'd say Rashawn Holmes is up there. That's one of my dark horse picks for best floater in the leash. That's a watch more of that,
3: that is a different category of
1: don't look at me like segment. that.
3: No, <laughs> he is is good. A, we're talking about we're talking about guards here. Anyway, okay, go yeah, to the next it. question. All right.
1: The next question is actually really fitting for your answer to a previous question. And it comes from locker room. It became green room, was it? KFS Green Room Champion Mensa. Oh. <laughs> KFS green room champion, Mensa Smith, Mensa, AKA RJ Barrett's max contract wants to know what percentage chance you give the Knicks to win a playoff series this year. He adds in that as the current executive member of the Knicks are going to be the three seed committee. He thinks whoever we're going to play in the first round is going to give us trouble no matter what, just because the East is so good this year. Yeah, percent percent chance that we win a playoff series, if you had to put a number up.
3: There's not going to be any such... I mean, unless you get matched up with a team who's dealing with injuries, um, there's not going to be any such thing as an easy playoff series. No, but if you have right
1: now, someone says, right now, what's the percent chance that the New York Knicks win a playoff series this year? Your two-digit answer is...
3: Oh, I just... Got that, Andrew. Um, my two-digit answer is you're assuming it's two digits. How do you know it's not under ten percent? The first,
1: because the first could be zero. That's true. Um, I knew you were going to say that, and I I came up with the retort in advance. Good job. Um,
3: well, it's less than fifty. It's more than ten. I was going to say thirty-five. So I, I, I like where you're, I like where you're starting. <laughs> Just to just to keep it clean, I'll do thirty three point three three. I think they got about a one in three shot because just if I if I play this out, oh, no, they could get matched you know up what? against Brooklyn in the first round, and you know Kyrie what? I don't know. could Hold
1: return on. extravagantly, and you know maybe they Hold squeeze don't, out.
3: No, I know I, I, he'll make a big let, deal out of being back. I just know it. I know. Let me let me put some let me really put some math to this because if they're if they're at three or a, it's. A, Okay. Hold on. I'm going to actually math. I'm going to do math for, for a second. Cause I have to factor in if they are a three or a four seed, they're getting home court advantage. I'm giving them a slightly higher chance of getting out of the first round, something like 55%, uh, 55, 60. If they're the five or the six seed, it's lower. It's like 45, 40. Um, so those two even out, right? So if they're the three, four, five or six seed, I'm basically giving them except do I think there's a better chance that they're a three or a four or a five or a six? That factors in as well. And then I got to factor in the possibility that they could drop down to seven or eight, which I don't think is crazy at all. I think that's in the cards. It's possible. Um, I may not think it's likely, but I think it's possible. And then factor in, okay, on the whatever, 20, 25% chance they're a seven seed, then the odds of them getting out of the first round are probably zero. So I have to factor that in as well. Um. So all, right. all that all that math in my head, I think I'm going to arrive at the answer I was going to give two minutes ago, which is about 33 percent chance. 33.3 repeating. There all right. Go.
1: I li- listen, I like it. You know, my I I told you my number was
4: 35. So and Andrew, I- for those of you think think John is not being positive enough about his projections for the Knicks this year, (laughs) tune in to next week's (laughs) Patreon when he and Jeremy go through their full preseason predictions. The text that John referenced that you guys heard him say, I just got that Andrew was me yelling at him. Do not spoil Patreon. And now we get to tease it because you heard what John thinks about winning a playoff series, but you'll get to hear on the Patreon pod, which playoff series that might be. And I, yeah, and we had uh, some
3: fun. We had some fun with that. Uh,
4: we'll tell you, exciting. Chris. Don't worry. No, the,
1: page, the Patreon shows oh, are okay. fun. Oh, okay, you're in. There you I go. love those. Um, shows. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying those are those are those are good. We have a lot of. Fun. Um, yeah, we're gonna go cross country, like half cross country, for this next question. Um, it is unrelated to the Knicks, and that is why I am now Ooh. going to relate it to the Knicks. Before I ask it, and that is, you know, I guess keep in mind um, this team's big man, notable big man. When you answer this question, Chip Murphy. Oh, and I know he's asking. I, I know did, he's asking. I saw this, and I did not I know, know he's asking this because he and I disagree vehemently on this team. I think they're over. We'll cash. He thinks they're under will cash um enough on both of our sides to have listed them as our mo- one of our most confident picks. I said, I'm very confident that the wolves over will hit. He said he's very confident that the wolves under will hit. What is he wants to know? It's like 35, dude. It's like 34 it and a half. High that high. That's nothing. Well for, for John, what do you think of the Timberwolves this season? And I, you know, I connected it to their center
2: because that might be. A thing or not. <sighs> um I mean, look, it, it's a it's a good question. Um I
3: don't I don't think
2: I trust them this year to be
3: good. I think they're interesting and uh, could they be good? Could they be a play-in team? Could Could they be a you know an ace seed? I don't. know. Maybe. Sure. Um, I just playing
1: thirty-eight wins. Playing, I think, is like super fair.
3: Okay, that's you. Um, we're we're doing our win draft on Saturday. Uh, feel free to remember that then. Uh, I just <laughs> look. There is a ton of organizational. Stability in the West. There is a ton of organizational competence in the West. And there are a ton of really good players in the West leading good teams. So um, even if Carl Anthony Towns finally does come out and have the season that we've been waiting for him to have for seemingly some time, I still what what's Years. yeah? This is six. year seven. So yeah, it's it's been a while. I still don't know. Will that necessarily make Minnesota better than like the Blazers? Um, you know, or I'm trying to think of some other like the Clippers, uh, you know, to I, to say nothing of those upper echelon Western Conference teams, you know. Um, like, am I betting my life on the fact that the Timberwolves is going to be better than the Kings? Um, at this point, I'd probably bet on them being better than the Pelicans, but that's about it. Um But again, like the Spurs, like you know, we 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 again, I'm not spoiling next week's Patreon, but like the Spurs, everyone everyone talk about sleeping, everyone's sleeping on the Spurs. Um, Why? Because they don't have top end talent. Carl Anthony Towns is a top end talent, right? Timberwolves should be better than the Spurs. Okay, wake me when that happens. Um, So I'm I'm probably a little lower on Timberwolves than than you are, Chris. I don't know,
1: Josh Primo. We'll see. He, he looks like a different player than what we saw at, at Bama. I think he just played his role really well. And I totally get why he was maybe going to shoot up boards. I think that kid might be good. And I, we were definitely all very shocked by that pick. So, you know, I, I hope things go well for the Spurs. but like, I don't know. I'm thinking about teams like the Kings and the Spurs and I'm just like, not moved. And I think Edwards, who I like, I love Ann Edwards. And I, I like Kat, Edwards too. I like Edwards. I am. I'm, I love Ant. And I think him under Finch last year was great as a rookie. I think it would be wrong of me because of the extent to which I hyped up RJ Barrett and his ability to get through the adversity of his rookie year to not be super high on Edwards too, because he came out once they hired Finch and put up like 22, six yeah, no. or something. And, like and
3: that. He, was, he was a little bit more efficient. He still had some like crazy, you know, your six for 24 games or whatever, but yeah, um, but no, he'll, I think you too, I, I think, <laughs> You know. Edwards was a, a lot I, I was a lot more I came away uh, after last season a lot more impressed by Anthony Edwards and I thought I was going to going into his rookie year I'll just say that yep all right final next. question final, final question. question oh wow okay yes okay. and
1: um, we're going to allow you the ability now to travel where in time you'd like
3: Alex Troteros wants to know shout out to Alex oh uh, c- hold on Congratulations to Alex. He's getting married this weekend. Oh, um, Big shout out to him. Alex is like a super, super nice guy. Super cool dude. I just went on his podcast a few weeks ago. Um, so congratulations to him and his bride to be. I hope they have a wonderful wedding and uh, many, many happy years after that.
1: If you could write the biography of any past or current Mick, Now that is coach that is player, that is executive.
3: Oh, wait, do I is, get access to the player or the person? Who
1: Who would it be and why? That was the question. So I would think you would have to go with people who are alive to get access to them.
3: Yeah, Pat Riley. Oh. Oh, I knew that that's was the coming. one. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Sit a room and fucking talk to Pat Riley for hours on end. That's the one. <laughs> it's, it's not, I mean, okay. So that's the obvious. Let me actually think of a different answer. Cause that's, that's the easy number one for me. Um, hmm.
1: If you want, we can, we can make this a, like we can break it into three and you can do your, your coach, your player, and then we have your exec, but
3: well, no, that's, or does Riley count as the coach? Was as coach? I was going to say
1: he counts as the well, coach. The, we the reason
3: he doesn't, the reason he only counts as coach is because, or he, and why his story is so fascinating because they didn't want to make him an exact, um, yep. the exact that I would choose. Oddly enough, it wouldn't be Phil Jackson because Phil is already, you op- know, he's literally an open book. He's written how many, nine of them, whatever it is. I've read them. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's much left to tell in that story. So it would not be Phil Jackson. Um, like who do I want to spend time? To? Like I actually, this is going to sound fucking crazy. Sitting and talking to Isaiah. That was, I think if Isaiah was going to be, that was open, going to be my guess. And I think at this point in his life and stage of his career, I bet you Isaiah would be pretty forthcoming. No,
1: he just like just a couple of months ago on Twitter, someone got in an argument with him and he was still defending trading oh, was Olympics, he? Uh, as if like he didn't do anything negative.
3: So. I mean, just, you know, just from, he, uh, he was like the Knicks drafted every year I was there. All right. <laughs> that's great. Good. Good for you. Isaiah. Um, I mean, just from a like picking the basketball brain of someone who is maybe who has maybe seen as much and been around as much and been in on as much as I don't know, 10 people in the history of basketball, Donnie Walsh, you could do worse than Donnie Walsh. Um, so that I think maybe that, I think maybe Donnie Walsh would be my executive. Although, I mean, shout out to Leon Rose. Cause again, he's, I mean, he's been in those rooms, made those deals, but I think I I would say Donnie. Walsh I was going to say, what if Leon came with Wes? Because
1: they are a package deal. Those two, we know this. If Leon I mean, came with Wes?
3: Wes, that's it. That's you the know one. what though. I'm not. I'm not the person to write Worldwide West's biography. That's not. I'm not that. I think I can write anybody's <laughs> biography. To, to be clear, i really like Spike to write that. <laughs> I'm really not suited to write William uh, Worldwide West's biography. I think I would be able to. Cobble together something decent on Donnie Walsh, though. I'd be able to ask him the right question. Cobble, cobble. I love, um, I love the Mac reverbs. So the so executive Donnie Walsh uh, coach uh, Pat Riley, and just I say just, free well and I, get I it. Just, over. just real quick. Just so I, I don't want to seem like I'm disrespecting the the man who I just interviewed on this podcast two weeks ago. Jeff Van Gundy, I feel like has shared so much of himself. On broadcasts now for years and years and years and years. I feel like we have a pretty good idea of, and he, and he also just shared a lot with me. Um, uh, you know, so uh, yeah, I um, that's the only reason I, I wouldn't say Jeff. And then player, oh man. This is hard. It, so it has to be someone. It's, it has to be spree for you, dude. I don't know that I'm that interested in the troll spree, well. Um, I couldn't have fathomed another answer.
1: Uh, I like, I, I, I swore you were gonna go spree over Pat, over Starks, over.
3: Eh, I don't H2, know. I maybe, mean, I know maybe H two O
1: because he wor- he's still works with the team. No,
3: no, not really. I, you know, I mean, again, I, I, I think the obvious answer was Ewing, but, um.
1: Oh, I just, I just got the answer. I just I just figured out what the right answer is, and now we'll see if you get it. And then I'll tell you what the right answer is once you get it. There's, I just I, the answer I just came up with. There's no better. I, I swear, I'll I mean, put anything like on
3: fucking, Is it like Stefan Marbury? No,
1: it's, I thought um, I was Clyde. I don't. So here's this is going to sound harsh. No, I'm fascinated in what Clyde has to say. I, like I being think Clyde, on top of the world that long ago. That's like I'm, that's nuts, dude.
4: There are books about Clyde. Yeah,
3: I I have. A, do you have one second? Hold on. Good.
4: Well, I'll talk to Chris while y'all. John goes and gets a book. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the next Homeschool Podcast. We'll be wrapping up in just a few seconds. Chris, if you could write a book about one Nick, who would it be?
1: Oh, Carmelo Anthony.
4: It's Mello. Okay. I, what I, angle I think would
1: it be? Like the- there's so much to say about his time here, and why it was so weird why the end of it was so weird whenever something is weird it's not actually weird you just don't get it go. is what i've learned and like i want to get it i want to get exactly what happened from tidbits and whatever like you can piece together stuff about phil and whoever else like i i think the guy who was the face of new york city for like six or seven years has some stuff to say and yeah. i'd love to hear hey
3: john so is it a hash that is an original edition of Rock and Steady. Um, I'll read the whole title: Rock and Steady, A Guide to Basketball and Cool by Walt Frazier and Ira Burkow. Um, with an introduction by Bill Russell, as it were. Uh, I found oh. this in a in a used bookstore, um, and it is one of my prized Steel. possessions. It sits right Bell next to my Walt Frazier uh, signed basketball. Um, it's not that I don't I don't love Walt. It's not that I don't I wouldn't be interested in uh, a, a writing a biography about him. I just. I don't know how reliable of a narrator he is at this point. Um, he's, you know, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of, he, he, I feel like we hear on broadcasts, a lot of his memories of that time. And I don't know how in depth he could, re- I'd want to get someone who was like in their forties, fifties like that, who could really, like still really can, can recall back. Um man, I, I may have for player, I may just have to give the boring answer of ewing. Um his yeah, building. I'd say I'd say ewing. I'll go with ewing for the player. Well it's then right. John
1: and Andrew, that would wrap us up for that today. Up. That's, okay. Those are the, the answers to the the questions that the listeners had post you ready for this post pre season pre opening night. So that, that little, that little John's got a bobblehead. What, what's, what, what yeah. do you got going on back there? Is that a Clyde
3: oh, action figure? It's a Clyde action figure. Yeah. He's got oh, those which Clyde I tried figures. to put up a shelf in my little recording studio here and I always, I keep knocking it down. So I think I may have to <laughs> adjust, adjust. And I give this. up on the, give up on the shelf and give well, up on the shelf.
1: Thank you this everyone for listening. No, this, this was so, fun as usual because us I, 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 like, What's I like, I like getting say. to, I like getting, I like getting to annoy John. Take I'm doing away, like, Chris. no, Chris, I always get like a mini, no, sign no, out. I do like a, I do like a mini sign out and then like Andrew or John signs out. I thought that's how I, I, I mean, I can sign oh, I, what, the fr- what is there, I didn't what is host, there to be promoted? I didn't host,
3: um, <laughs> what is the show for the first promoted? time in whatever it was three years. I might as well let someone else sign off at this point.
4: Go ahead, Chris. You got it. We believe in you. Plug the Patreon. Tell people to go give us five stars. Post oh yeah no next week all that.
1: So long story short, if the Knicks are playing a basketball game at halftime of that basketball game, I'll be live on Twitter. At post game of that basketball game, John is live on YouTube. That's two live streams per basketball game. Huge KFS Patreon exclusive pods. John's unfiltered um thoughts on top topics that I think he would get like like just the all time list and stuff like he get yelled at so much if these were out so so they're in the Patreon
4: they're locked I in just the got ball. an
3: angry I just got an angry text um <laughs> from, Yash, from Yash a <laughs> minute ago because I had I had Giannis because
4: well, you? you did something on your list that people can go to Patreon and find out about he's yeah, right he gotta he's Yash is right I just want to say <laughs> Yash is
3: right and it I won't it's, Okay, what I
4: will say is it's regarding John's placement of Giannis, and that's all you. Who,
3: say. who, by the way, and people, <laughs> this is in the this was in the free <laughs> this was in the free newsletter, so I could I could say this. Uh-huh. He was in the category of guys that I literally wrote. I did not need to look up any stats for any of these players; they are automatic, no doubt about it. Like, and and there were only forty two of those guys, so Giannis is in that group. No one, no one's sleeping on Giannis, Yash. You hear me? No one's sleeping on Giannis. <laughs> Fucking casual, go keep going, Chris.
1: Well, the same way that I would would say that, I would say don't sleep on, <laughs> don't sleep on the KFS merch store <laughs> or the Patreon. <laughs> Everything has gone. On, to Chris, you said you had this. Keep it. Thank you. It you guys are falling apart. How am I supposed to keep? Listen, that's the job. That's the job. We guys. are doing the great. Check out the KFS. Halftime and post-game live streams. Check out the KFS Patreon and merch store. Log ready, Chris. And <laughs> I'm still very excited for our event on November 17th.
3: Yes. Uh, gonna at
1: the KFS at the garden. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up and get everyone excited about it. That's going because it's it's an exciting time. So it is. Thank you. Exciting thank times. you to you guys for for accompanying this mailbag journey. Um, yeah and I'll see you at the the 17th in person at the latest. Huh? How sure. about that?
3: Great job, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> thank you for uh, producing this episode. Uh, one more shameless plug. Don't forget to check out uh, Final Review Yeah. Uh, this week with uh, my good friends Andrew Claudio and Bernardo Zorowski as they talk about is it the greatest horror movie of all time? I guess you'll have to listen to find out.
1: <laughs>
4: you'll just have to listen and find <laughs> You gotta out. see.
3: You got to be in the know to know, you know, Halloween. Um, It's uh, but no, this is the seventh episode. The first six have been have been awesome. Uh, Final review. Look it up wherever you get your podcasts. If you like movies or even if you don't, you just want to hear two people having engaging conversation on that note. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Andrew. And we will uh, see you for another episode uh, very soon.
4: There we go. Jeez. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah, man. I was wondering if this plane was going to land.
3: It landed. We got, we got, I mean, we may have landed it like Denzel. Casual shit. No, no.
2: it's (laughs) Denzel. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.